Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We come before your throne. And we just humbly present ourselves here, Father. We want what you want us to have today. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for the hidden manna, something that's going to pop up in our spirit in the middle of the week that you're imparting today that's going to get us out of trouble, get us into something better, open a door of opportunity, open a door of wisdom, open a door of rescue, whatever it is that we need, Father. It's going to come to us through your spoken word and through your rhema word. So we honor you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So we're going to talk today about the fact that the word uh, always yields a good report. The word always gives a good report. Amen. The word will not return void. In other words, the word always yields a good report. Whenever the word is applied, the report that comes from that word is what we call a good report. And good has to do with uh, the fact that it lines up with the will of God. So the word of God is the will of God, but that word is powerful, and it was, will always do what it says it's going to do. If the word of healing goes forth, that word, heal, that it will manifest healing where it's sent. Amen. And wherever it's sent is where it's believed to be sent. So we have to do the sending of the word, amen, in 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 agreement with what God's will is. So in Isaiah 55 and verse 11, it says here, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Uh, that That term, as right as rain. Amen. It's taken really from this scripture, from this this uh, 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 group of scriptures, where it says here, as the rain comes down, rain and snow fall down from heaven. They don't go up. When you go outside and you see rain, the day you see rain coming up from the ground, you go tell somebody, amen, or or call the pastor, or call somebody, because you hallucinate. Because this is a sure thing, rain is going to fall, so is snow, amen? And these these elements fall down from the sky. They don't turn around and go back up. And the Bible says that's how sure God's word is. See, as you believe God's word, just as sure as rain falls down to the ground and snow falls down to the ground, God's word will do what it's what God sends it out to do. And God's word is sent out to manifest itself. The Bible is the only word that makes itself come to pass. Amen. So if you send healing out, healing comes to pass. If you send out increase in your finances, that comes to pass. If you send out the word of open doors of opportunity, that comes to pass. But opportunity generally has a certain component to it that, that some people may not like. Amen. Everybody know what that is? What is it? Don't guess, please. But don't, there you, who said that? There you go, Miss Pat. That's what I'm talking about. Opportunity comes with work. That's why many people don't recognize it. I'll do my own emphasis. Amen. 
somehow people in the body of Christ got the impression that if they just gave, God was going to rain money down on them. You missed your whole opportunity because he opened the door for you to go through uh, for a job. Amen. Didn't we say that in one of my nightly teachings? You need to give your faith a job. Amen. Because many people don't ever put it to work. They think they're waiting on God and they're just sitting there. They don't confess the word. They don't meditate on it. They don't read anymore. They don't do anything to make that word come alive. That word has to come alive, folks. If that were true, that's just God's system. Okay, we got to respect his system. That word must be put into, it's like lighting a match. If you want, if you say, if you want to cook your ribs or your whatever you got out there, oh, excuse me, vegetables. You ain't got no vegetables out there. He cooking cupcakes and I know it and cookies. That's about it. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, if you want to cook your food, you're doing it on the grill. I'm not talking about no propane. I'm, that's for lazy people. <laughs> I've offended everybody in here by now, I guess. I don't know. But my peoples do it the old-fashioned way. You call it corn. We call it maize. You know what I'm saying? We get two sticks. We rub together and fire happens. But anyway, if you want that, if you want that, that charcoal to get lit, you gotta strike that match on something. Amen. You gotta supply some energy and some effort to everything to get anything in life to work for you. And thank God for it. That puts things under our control. That's more like God. God works. Amen. He, Jesus said, I always do. He said, the Father works all the time, and that's why I'm always working. Amen? And so God wants us to put our faith to work. He wants us to put our resources to work. He wants us to put our, your hands are a resource. Your mouth is a resource. All of these things are your resources to call you, cause your life to work in accordance to the Word of God, in accordance to the will of God. There are other things that God will put in your in your life to cause things to work. Many times when people have worked, uh, say, a job and they built up some savings, God will open doors for you to make investments so that your money can work for you. Amen? There's nothing wrong with not spending your whole paycheck. Oh, I got some more on my, on my uh, card, on my debit card. Huh? Going through the drive-through with it, you know, cut that out, amen. I, there, you know, there was a couple. They now they got they got financially secure, and then got a certain level of wealth, and then became multimillionaires because they wrote a book about what they did to get there. And you know what they did? They started out by quit going to Starbucks. They were shocked at how much those little trips, you know, and they just, they just looked at their money and they, they were making good money. These were professional people and they looked and they said, I don't understand why we don't, we should have money. What's happening to it? And they started out with the small things and, and they decided, well, why don't we see what we are spending? 
And when they added it up, they said, well, we can stop doing that. And the husband said, I don't need coffee. He said, sits there most of the time. I never, ever drink it. I'm just going to get it. You understand? And they started there, and they chipped away at it with the small things. Then they tackled bigger things that are wasteful, other things that are wasteful. Pretty soon they had money. The husband said when he finally, he said, I realized I was I was getting lunch uh, from the store, you know, now they've stopped the Starbucks waste. And he said, I started counting up what I was doing to get, get lunch. He said, and I forgot to tell my wife that I had started saving that money. They had a, an unforeseen emergency. Somebody in the family, they needed to go and visit. They needed two plane tickets that cost $800. And he said, I looked in that, that savings account. He said, in about three months, there was $800 in there. He said, we had no more family emergencies after that. You got me? So just common sense things where we get into habits of, of, of throwing things away and not being accountable and all that kind of stuff. And you know, God blesses us according to how we're faithful and we're responsible in the way we manage our finances as well because he wants us to be good managers of our money. So don't think that after you've given your 10%, the rest of it is yours to blow. You understand what I'm saying? The rest of it is yours to put to work so that God can do something with that and cause that to increase and multiply. So he's always helping us with our faith to put things into motion. So faith really is activity. Not just words. You gotta start with your words because you gotta confess that thing before it'll come. Confession really is like your GPS. When God's, God starts answering prayer and he starts locating where this Mercedes is supposed to go, if you ain't, if your GPS ain't turned on, you know, you so used to pushing that don't allow. Huh? And you know you like being tracked down. When you push allow, every time you put a prayer out there for God, you say allow. Every time you count, every time you confess the word, you push allow. You're allowing God to locate you when that promise comes through. If you don't ever confess it, He has no way to no way to know where you are. He trying and check this out. When you change your confession, I don't want that no more. Well, you know, I maybe God didn't want me to have that. Don't allow. You just, you're erased from the GPS. You start confessing negative. You start doubting. You start expressing, you tired, I'm tired of this. What else are you doing? If you want to go serve the devil, you go get your rainbow flag, go get your rainbow clothes, get your rainbow shoes, and jump out there. Because that's what the devil's demanding now. It ain't no fun for people serving the devil. He wants you to show out and get stupid in public so you can go viral looking stupid. So I know ain't none of y'all going to go out there and start serving the devil. So you might as well serve God and be happy about it and do it with your whole heart and do it like you expect him to to manifest what it is that you're asking for. Be expectant. In what you have out there prayer wise. Be expecting God to do it. I don't care what anybody says. Well you know the, the economy. I've never lived by the economy. And I try very hard not to. Amen. You don't want Caesar in control of your life. He has nothing for He's a taker. He's not a giver. Okay. 
number one. God's the only giver that we know. And so God wants to manifest his word for us. He gave us his word so that he can bless our lives. So he says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. The whole Bible is what he's talking about. This word has already gone forth out of God's mouth. Amen. So any scripture that you see will bring itself to pass. Any scripture. Amen. When it's believed. So really what we are doing when we put our faith in God's word, we are really saying yes and amen to what he's already given. We're saying we want it. We say, I believe you're going to do this for me. I believe this is for me, God, and I want this. So I thank you for that. And just continue to stay in that affirmative mode, in that mode of affirming what he's already said. See, this this makes it easy because you don't have to sit up and try to think if God wants you to have certain things. You receive them by faith. Amen. What your faith says it's a go, it's a go. Amen. Faith makes it legal. Your believing in it is what makes it right for you, what makes it legal for you, what makes it yours. Amen. So you possess things by believing God for them. And not just and faith isn't just say, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. Nod your head. Faith is much. Faith ain't a head thing. If you think faith is in your head, now you just pay attention real good. Faith is of the heart, not just not people do when they in, in church. Everybody nodding everything and go out and do what they've been doing. Amen. Faith is of the heart. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Let that word penetrate inside of you. Let it start getting deep inside of you and start fighting all of the unbelief, all of the negative thoughts, all the bad plans you've made. You know, let it start fighting and let it start winning on the inside of you. Putting down all of those ideas that say it's not going to happen for you. You know, when things are going slow, you know you ought to be more in your word, but you let your mind wander. And here you are doubting God again. What's taking so long? He's waiting for you to get (laughs) over in the right place. Amen. Get yourself over in faith mode. Start thanking him. That's why I had to break myself from wondering when things were going to happen and what was wrong with stuff. Everybody goes through that. So I started thanking God for it. I said, no, God, I'm not going down that road. I believe it will come to pass. You're a faithful God. You're not a man that you should lie. You're not lying to me. It will come to pass. Amen. So that's really how you you fight the good fight of faith. You fight it on the inside of you. Everybody's got stuff they got to fight. Amen. Just because you don't have what you call challenges doesn't mean that you're in faith on everything. Amen. It just means you haven't gotten in the fight yet. Amen. <laughs> you ask any boxer, then when they jump in the ring, they don't jump there with their hands down looking around. Uh-huh. You'll be flat on the canvas in no time you start that nonsense. But they jump in the ring and they, they, you know, they got the dukes up. They're defending their, their, they got a posture. They have a position. It's the same thing with us when we fight the good. You got to posture yourself and position yourself to fight until you, you get all that unbelief out of you and all that doubt out of you. Amen. And then your, your, your world and your life will start to move forward. 
Amen. It won't be just wanting things to happen. You'll be engaged. Know what it means to be engaged? It means be in that ring. With your gloves on. Be stand up there like a visitor. <laughs> you know you're going to need them. Because once you start confessing the word and desiring things from, from God, the enemy's going to oppose you. He don't want you to have it. That's his stuff he done stole. You ever known a thief to give anybody anything? I don't either. So anyway, you know, you, that, that ain't the devil either. So he says, my word, it will not return to me and say, I couldn't do it. The word is powerful. It's not impotent. It is powerful. He said, it will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish. Once that word is triggered, when he said it goes out of my mouth, it's got faith on it. That's why when you read the Bible, it, it comes alive to you. We've all had this experience. You'll have things that that word kind of just grabbed you. You were just reading along, reading along, and all of a sudden your eyes stopped on a certain passage. Amen. And that, that word came alive. It's all alive. But it just, that part just came alive to you right then. You go and read some more. You come back to that same thing, and then the next section of it will come alive to you right then. That's your faith engaging it. Your faith is picking it up. Your faith is understanding it. Your faith is grabbing onto it. When that happens, you need to stop and just spend some time meditating on that. Let God begin to show you, God, why is this word significant to me? Why is it that I'm watching this word why is it i've been reading the bible now a couple weeks now and i keep coming back to the same anybody ever been there the same scripture over and over and over again and it's because god is wanting you to use that word and hold on to that word because he's about to do something in that realm in your life he's about to make that word start to become active in your life in some way and so it's good to not, you know, I, I've, I've tried reading the word all kinds of ways. Nothing beats just going in there and saying, God, I'm just going to read until you show. I've, I'm hungry, God. I don't know what I need, God, but I know it's in your word. And you start to read your Bible and it starts to come alive to you. And you start to understand this is what I've been needing. I, I've been needing my spirit to come alive to these things. Other than that, you're empty, you're discouraged, you're depressed, you don't know what to think, you just go through life half-hearted, nothing's going on, amen? But when you start to engage God's word with your faith and start to allow God to put things inside of you, you begin to understand, God, you're building something in me, you're, you're doing something here. This is starting to make more sense to me, this is starting to, to get inside of me, this, this, this satisfies me. This is something that when I read it, I have a sense of peace on the inside, a sense of stability. You ever get that? Like you, if you feel like you're settled all of a sudden, you're not up in the air, you're not agitated, you're not uh, looking around for something else. You know how sometimes people, you know, when they, especially if you decide you're going to diet or take certain things out of your diet and you eat what you think is right for you to eat you know that little grass or whatever you you know your green stuff in your blender or whatever you think you want to have and then you keep going back to the refrigerator 
because your body's missing something. See, your best, your best indicator of what you need is your own body. You understand? <laughs> I mean, God gave you a body for a reason. It talks to you for a reason. Amen? Now, I ain't talking about them gluttony devils that tell you to have another helping. That's not God. Amen? <laughs> you know, when you had that other one that's on your own, you know you shouldn't be having it, but you have it anyway. And you say, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'll skip something tomorrow. You're always in debt to tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but we working on it, right? Us saints is always working on something. But, but it, it's just true. And, and when your spirit is empty, when your spirit needs something, you go to the word of God. Let's go to the word. When you, you feel that restlessness, it's something, something's just not right. You know, it's, I know it's, it's, it's something I need. I can't think of it, God. Go open your Bible. And he'll start to to direct you to it. Sometimes you just need to be in the word more. Got a little extra time? Spend that in the word. Got a lot of time? Spend that in the word. Whatever time you can, spend it in the word of God. And it will service you. That word will, it, you will, will gain more than you think you're sacrificing by doing a little extra reading or something. But you'll gain more than you've ever given up. You need to fall in love with the word. When you do that, you really love God. Amen. And it says, it will not return to me void or empty, but it will accomplish that which I please. God's word accomplishes what it says. He pleases to prosper you. He pleases to heal you. He pleases you to bless your family. He pleases you to give you peace. Amen. And so it pleases him to do all of these things. So whatever his word says, that's his, that's what's pleasing to him. Our health is pleasing to him. When we're sick, that's not pleasing to him. Amen. And that's why he sends word to correct it. And he says, and it will prosper. In the thing where I send it. In other words, prosperity means it will cause itself to manifest and take over whatever is not like it. See, when you, when you plant a garden, you want your tomatoes to prosper over the weeds that would pop up in there. So you start cultivating it, you, you might remove some. You know, you might get so full of faith that you can start speaking to them to grow and they'll grow faster. Amen. Then, then your weeds grow. Why? Because God's word prospers. It has a profiting to it already. It's a growth word. It's a manifestation word. It's a push out the bad and pull in the good type of word. It's that kind of word. Amen. And so God's word will always prosper us. In the thing where he sends it. Your word of blessing is not going to go to your neighbor's house by mistake. So quit looking over there trying to figure out what they got. Your word is going to come to you if you've got sense enough to utter it and stay with it. Yeah, people's problem, they're too easily distracted. They start out in the word and then all of a sudden they're just looking around. Huh? Stay focused on you. Stay focused. You know, you'll start to notice. I, I realize this over the years. I started noticing when, when things are about to manifest. 
there are certain signs that will come sometimes. If if you pay attention to what's going on in in your life, you'll start to notice things will start to shift. Things will start to open up. Things will start to be a little different. And then soon after that, that's when that word manifests. You need to start paying attention to things. If It's the same thing with a garden you plant. You out there looking every day. You know, I mean, up to a certain point. Now, after a certain point, you got confidence the rest is coming. Amen. But don't turn your back on it too long. Amen. Go and inspect them plants sometimes. You know, I started doing that, and I noticed they had this this thing. Uh, what are them things called? They stayed on the tomatoes, and they looked just like the t- tomato leaf. And I looked and that little thing was wiggling. I said, what on earth is that? That thing was as long, well, not like that, but you know, I mean, as long as the, the leaf on the, the tomato was. And it was just a chomping away and having a good time. I said, wait a minute. You ain't paid no rent. You ain't giving me no credit card. You, you know, who are you? Well, I guess he felt he had just as much right to it until I evicted him off of there, pulled him off leaf and all, and kept it moving. Because his next move was on to the fruit. Amen? And so this is why we must pay attention in the realm of the Spirit. Because what happens often with people is they walk away before the fruit comes in. Because they're not paying attention to the signs that God sends us when things are imminent. When they're about to pop. Amen. And there are signs. Jesus said it. He said when you plant a seed. First the blade. Then the ear. Then the whole ear of corn. All of that man. He said these are signs. Something pops up first for your blade. There's a, even if it's, it's a witness in your spirit. You begin to understand this thing is working. This thing is working in me. God's heard me and he's working on it. And he may send you other little notices. You know, it's keep hanging there with me. He does everything to encourage us to continue to believe. Because he don't want us to quit believing. You know, do you ever stop and think about he's on your side? So he'll send you, he's the author and finisher of you. He'll finish this off if you let him. If you stay with him, you know, if you let him, he'll finish it off. Amen. God has a purpose for everything. You, you know, sometimes you have too many, too many tomatoes or too many this or too many that. Go make some friends with some people. Give some of that stuff away. Don't let it rot on the vine. You got me? You wouldn't do that with money. You wouldn't do that with something you really prayed for. Excess is God. Abundance is God. And He has a purpose for all of our abundance. And He'll give, He'll find a use for it. Trust me. So just stay with him. You begin to reinvest in your own harvest if you're a good steward over what he puts in your hands. So allow him, uh, let God do him, let him do him. Amen. He's a God of prosperity and increase. Let him increase you. And once you get it in your hands, then let him tell you how to distribute it. Don't decide, I got enough of that. I'm sick of that garden. Don't you ever be sick of anything God's blessed you with. Amen. Go and, go and get some more. Amen. I, I know a person that does, uh, this person does a lot of things, a handy kind of a person, but very, very skilled in, in what they do. And, and they decided that, that they weren't going to waste anything. 
And so when they finish a job on a job site, if they clean it up and the owner says, well, throw that out. I don't want that anymore. It goes right in the back of his truck. Right in the back of his truck. And he'll come out of that and, and be able to do other jobs and, and tell people, listen, I've got this thing. It's used, but if you want it, I'll throw it in for X bucks. You understand what I'm saying? Be wise enough to not let anything go to waste. God doesn't give us abundance to be wasteful with it. Gives us abundance so we can be good stewards with it. So in order for the word to not come back void, it has to be, uh, uh, God has to entrust us with it. Amen. He wants to entrust us with more, but we got to be faithful over the part that he gives us already. And he says, it'll prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Where he sends it is up to us. See, when you say, when you read that, say, here, God, send it to me. That's mine. Send me my healing. Health is mine. Send me my promotion on my job. That's mine. Amen. Don't ever be slow to claim with your mouth what it is that you desire from God. Always be on receiving mode. Amen. Oh, you know, some people, they get greedy. Girl, you ain't got enough to be greedy. And uh, Okay, so yeah, if you think that's greedy, send it to my house. Because I'm, I'm going to be like the cleanup man. I'm going to always have a use for it somewhere down the road. Amen? Amen. So he says, uh, he says, and if you'll do that, you'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace. So, so God will give you peace about the things you're praying with. He'll give you joy. That'll be your witness, your inner witness of the word. When the word comes in and it's believed, there's a sense of joy. And you feel like you have it already. Everybody been there? Cause you do. See, that's not just a feeling. That's the moving van that just parked into your spirit. Peace says it's settled. No more argument, no more dispute, no more, you know, wondering, no more guessing. When you believe that word and that when joy comes in or peace comes in or you get a release, you know, you might have been tense about it at first and that tenseness kind of eases out. That's when you're floating off into the, the sea. <laughs> what is our friend uh, Gideon, the guy I post on my Facebook every Sunday, Gideon Moses? He says, the wonderland of miracles. As you, as you enter into the wonderland of miracles. Amen. That's the peace of God. Amen. That's not just made up like a fairy tale. That is the, the peace of God that settles you out on that thing. When you read a scripture and you accept it as your own, that's where you sail out into that peaceful, tranquil place. Amen. And don't let, don't start thinking negative or talking de- negative because the devil will shake you up with some way. Well, you know what, what do you think that's not going to happen? You don't read enough of the Bible. <laughs> he don't never read it. You understand what I'm saying? He got enough nerve to criticize you. And so we, we have to understand that when you, you have that joy and you have that fruit of the spirit always comes to confirm God's will. It comes to confirm God's will that if you're in the realm of the spirit and you are believing God for something, he answers you by fruit. Amen. 
is we are not in the fleece business these days. God, send me a sign. Send me a sign. No, he answers. He speaks to you on the inside. He answers you by fruit. Amen. All your all your confirmations that you're all the signs that God gives you um, that you're on the right track that is coming soon. I heard you. It's it's don't don't doubt me. It's coming. It's I heard you. You're going to have it. It's going to be easy from all that kind of stuff is an inward witness thing. Why? Because if he worked on the outside, it's easy for the devil to manipulate the outside. Amen. So he works on the inside first. Anything you get from God is going to be an inside job, not an outside thing. Amen. It'll manifest on the outside when it's time and then nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can use that to deceive you with. It's yours. Amen. You got the deed. You got the title. You got your plates and your insurance. Be messing around. Amen. Amen. You got everything. And so God wants us to have the whole thing. And it comes by the spirit. It comes inside first and then outside. Amen. A woman with the issue of blood said within herself, she kept thinking, she kept thinking, she kept thinking. And she said, if I can do this, I know I'll be healed. And she did it and she was healed. Amen. And so it's the inside is, is really what is the convincer. Amen. So, so he says here, his word will not return void. His word will not uh, bring a negative report. It won't come back and say, gee, this failed or I failed. It's the word that's going to do it. It's not so much you and your efforts and your faith, but you must, you must hold on to faith. Amen. And how do we hold on to faith? By our confession. Amen. You hold on to faith with your words, number one, with what you say. Don't ever change once you start believing God for something. Change what you say. Amen. What are we doing over there? Okay. Thank you. Praise God. All right. So, so when you, when you start, you, you've got to continue. God is looking for consistency. Just like we are. You know, if you, if you, the, what keeps most people from getting married is they're not, a, they're not sure that other person is going to be consistent. Well, they ain't sure you're going to be consistent either. So I say y'all pretty evilly matched. Yeah, nobody thought that was funny. I don't care. It's true anyway. Amen. Of course it's true. They're looking for more than what they're willing to contribute. Listen, I can walk it. I'll go in that backyard back there. It's nice back there. They put a new fence up. I can go and sit in somebody's truck with some air conditioning. Amen. Yeah, I mean, you're equally yoked. You nervous and unsure and they nervous and unsure. So what's the big deal here? Let's put our nervous and unsures together and ask God to bless it and see what we got. That's what marriage is. And all the married people say, I confess, or it's, an, it's a revelation to me. <laughs> yeah, you wasn't sure of nothing, but you were doing your best to believe. Amen? 
That's how we all enter into to our, our uh, not just marriage, but any kind of covenant. That's how you enter into your prayer life. You're hoping you, you're on the right track. Amen. Because there's always a little nagging doubt somewhere. But you've got, you're smart enough in God that you don't confess it. You don't let it work on you. You don't spend a lot of time meditating on it. You just let that thought go in one ear and out the other. Amen. And you have to do that in order to stay faithful and in order to get what it is that you need from God. Psalm 93, 5 says that the word is sure. Amen. That, that means that it, it's not wavering. That word is stable. The word of God is steady. What we say, 93.5. The testimonies, your testimonies are very sure. Your testimonies are very sure. That means God's word is faithful. It won't all of a sudden work against you. It's always going to work for you. I don't care how bored you get with your same prayer or same confession or whatever. That word is going to work for you. One of the things God does to help us out is that he causes that word. God is so faithful. You can speak that same scripture over and over and over again. And you may think you're getting bored with it. But every time you speak it, the Holy Spirit is faithful to put life on it. He puts faith on it. So that that word, it doesn't put you to sleep. It's not boring. Somehow that word is, comes alive every time you speak it. You believe it more this time than you did the last time that you read the word. Amen. So that word is faithful, folks. It, it will, it performs every time. So it's not the word that's the problem. It's not God, the God that's the problem. It's us that are refusing to respond to the life that's already on the word. See, you're not putting life on the word when you believe it. The Bible talks about the, the people, the children of Israel died in the wilderness. Why? Because they refused to mix faith with the word. Their faith inside of them, they refused to add it to God's word. So they just went around thinking things were going to be the same as they always were. And guess what? They got what they wanted. Amen. They got what they said was going to happen. They didn't believe the word. They didn't believe God was going to be with them. They didn't believe they were coming out. They stayed in that little safe zone of just walking around the mountain over and over and over again, not making any progress. Why? Because people are afraid to make progress. You talk to somebody about leaving somewhere and going someplace else and you get 15 people to, well, I don't know, I, I thought I might have wanted to do something else, but I'm kind of liking it here now. Huh? Because there's fear there. And God knows how to take care of that fear. He's looking for somebody who will believe him more than believe their fear. See, you can stay in the in the low-paying job forever and just barely make it. And ignore that little something in you that keeps telling, psst, psst, hey, let me, let me show you what, <laughs> let me show you over here. Let me show you what's over here. Amen. But you're going to have to leave where you are. Amen. And in leaving, you get scared. There's risk there. Because in, in many times we keep running back to the same old comfort zone. 
until God just snatches it out from under us and say, now listen, go get in my word and stay in my word and let me show you what I have for you. Amen. So we've all, in order to make progress, you got to leave somewhere. You got to leave something and go on to something else. And that other thing that you left will not be there for you one day. You just have, you, you ever notice how some people, they, they do better. They say, well, you know, I was at that job for so and so and such and such. And I thought over and over again, I should go over here and try over here. But I just thought, you know, I just said, well, you know, I got the kids. I got the mortgage. I got the this. And then one day the, the door slams. The place closes. And they're forced to go. And guess what? They succeed. See, it's never like we fear it's going to be. But see, that had to be snatched out. Anybody had that experience and know somebody had that experience? It gets snatched out from under you and then finally you move on and you find out, oh, it is better over here. Huh? So this is the dining room. <laughs> that kind of thing. It was that close to you. The Bible says the word is near you. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. You ever be, do you ever want something and you think you should pray about it and you say, well, that, that don't sound right. Huh? It's two of you in there listening. You better find out who it don't sound right to. Cause your old man wants to keep you where you are. He don't like where he's at cause he's the one always grumbling about it. But then you're afraid to move on cause you're afraid to let go. Amen. Well, how did you get where you are that you're so secure there? You had to leave something to get there. You weren't born there. Amen. But this time when you leave, you go in God. And he guarantees that when you get there, it's going to be better. Well, I don't know about all that because, you know, the last time I did. We ain't talking about the last time. In God, everything's new. Can you let God do something new for a change? He's not a repeater of all your old failures. He's the one who's giving you better. Because he promises better. Amen? And if better don't really appeal to you when you first get it, you start learning how to like better. Say, look, oh, look what I found over here in the land of better. Huh? Old stuff. This is over here. That's over there. All this is here. Amen? When I moved, I told God I wanted to downsize. I got the same, exact same number except for one bathroom. I got the exact same number of rooms I had before. But the nice thing is I got more money in my pocket. You understand? I don't have that extra building out there to look after. You know, downsize may mean a lot of things to you. Amen? And see, I know God has plans for, for the extra room that I have. I don't know what it is yet. But he'll tell me. I'm not anxious to know. You understand what I'm saying? But but I know he'll tell me. And that don't mean I want a whole bunch of people coming parking over there. So just pack your bags back up. You know, it's, that wasn't an invitation. But you know what I'm saying. He There's certain things that he wants you to. He knows I got a lot of junk. You understand what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm thinking, I said, well, you can, you can do all of this in this amount of rooms. And, and when I would look around at where I was living in my old house, I said, shoot, I'm only in like about four or five rooms around here. I could do with that. And then God's like, no, sister, you got too much junk. Just go where I send you. 
You understand what I'm saying? Do what I tell you to do. And so I'll eventually downsize, I guess, or not. But but you you have to understand that God will change how you feel about things. You got me? He knows what he's doing with you. So if the first first impression you get doesn't really set well with you, then then understand that if God puts you there, he's able to change the way you see things. He changes your perception of it. He changes the way you think about it. He changes how you feel about it. He's able to do all of that. And so when that word says it won't come back void, it means it can accomplish. How does that happen? In Hebrews 4, it gives you an indication of all that the word does. Now, we already said it manifests itself. It's faithful. It's sure. Trustworthy. When you send, when you pray that word, that word's going to happen. You gotta believe that. And so if you don't believe it, meditate on it more until you do believe it, cause that word is believable. Amen? Put as much faith as you can muster into that word when you, when it goes forth, when you start to hear it. So in Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 12, it says here, the word of God is quick. That means alive. And it runs swiftly on the earth. It's God's word works so quickly that the atmosphere in the earth that he put thing to slow things down doesn't work on it. You know, when Adam and Eve fell into iniquity, their words were not God's words anymore. That was the main problem. They didn't think like God being separated from God you can't think like him you can't not for very long and so what God had to do whereas before when Adam had his faith his word his purity there was no iniquity in them those words that they would speak if their intent was to to have that fruit right there in front of them it came if it was to have the animals sort themselves out by their groups, it happened in the in the speed with which they thought. When iniquity came, God had to slow the manifestation down. You got to accept that because of and it's a safeguard for us because you don't want your your negative wishes to keep coming to pass. So God slows the manifestation down. That's why the word, the Bible says his word runs very, his word runs very swiftly upon the earth. So whereas negative words and, and words that curse things, that bring negative outcomes, that bring sickness, that bring poverty, that bring you ever had, you, did you ever listen to your parents? Uh, somebody would, would ask one of your parents, how you doing? Oh, pretty good for a poor man. I remember hearing that a lot. Amen. And and th- that's the reason God slows it down. Because your crazy daddy didn't drive y'all all to the poorhouse with his negative words. Because if he had kept the same swift manifestation on those words that we had in the garden, you'd be broke. Your, your husband would be a dog. You know, when we, you know, when he would know you talking about him behind his back because he'd be on all fours barking. Oh boy, she talking about me again. Shut up, girl. Get that, get your words right. 
Amen. That's why we, that's why it slowed down. So when you start speaking God's word, he wants to see you're going to be faithful with that before he speeds it up for you. Got me? He wants to see you're not going to tomorrow when, when the devil shows up and starts trying to discourage you, you're not going to speak out of it. You're not going to start meditating on that, start speaking it out and slow your blessing down. See, if it's slow, it's us. It ain't God. Because he says his word runs very swiftly across the earth. Amen. He wants to get it to you ASAP. Amen. Number one, so you be more friendly to be around. <laughs> the Holy Ghost lives in us. So I got to get this brother a certain amount of money to keep him happy. I better get him speaking right so I can get it in his hands. Amen. Amen. And so God wants us to to understand. But it says here, his word is quick, swiftly across the earth, and alive. That word also means alive. Mostly it means alive here. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing apart of soul and spirit. Yeah, mostly the two of them are meshed up together. That's why a lot of times when you're believing God or thinking you're believing, you get a little confused. Did I, am I really believing this Lord? Am I, you understand what I'm saying? See, the word is yet dividing your soul from your spirit. Amen. Your mental capacity is being renewed. When you start meditating on the word, the things you used to think and believe start to get cut away from there. And then pretty soon, you don't even think like that anymore. You ever wonder how that happens? It happens with the action of the word. It's not going to happen if you don't meditate on the word. Now, if you don't ever pick up your Bible, you can forget this happening for you. I'm talking about Bible-believing, Bible-reading people, folks. you got to put in the effort. And you got to want the change to happen. The Bible says you're transformed. You become, you're in the process of the transformation. You're not 100%. Nobody is. But you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word of God brings newness to your mind. It brings a fresh thought in there every day. It brings a new thought in there every day. The word of God inspires you to think like God. Embrace what God has for you. Love the things God has for you. It changes you totally. If you notice, you ain't half as negative as you were when you started out with God. Or you shouldn't be. Amen? In fact, you should be in the position where you are speaking the word and encouraging other people now. Amen? Where you're transferring that onto other people. And so the word of God is that way. It is, it is quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing apart of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It works deep inside your body. Amen. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it discerns the thoughts and intents of your heart. So when you read your Bible and you start feeling 
Oh, I shouldn't. You know what, God? That just reminds me. I should, I should be talking to you about so and so. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done. You haven't even read anything about anything you did wrong. That's how the word is a gotcha. The minute you go in there, just being in, in God's word and in his presence will remind you of something that's probably standing between you and God. And it's not just standing between you and God. It's hindering your faith. That's why I tell people, I say, you need to be quick to repent. Why are you so slow to, to shape up? And, you know, it's like, come on now. You're supposed to be over that. you got to get over that in order to get what you need from God. He blesses kids that are like him. You got me? Just does. There's There's a thing that we do that associates us more with God that causes him to favor us and bless us. And that is to come in line with what he thinks, come in line with his word. And there are times when you look, be in the word and you say, oh, wow, God, I said, I should, I should talk to somebody. I should send something to so and so. I should, you understand what I'm saying? I shouldn't be like this. I should be more open to whatever, whatever. You know, sometimes people you just made up your mind you weren't going to get along with and couldn't get along with. And all of a sudden, one day you're in the Word and you're reading about something totally different. And it comes on you. You know what, God? I, I need to stop this. I could do better. You know, I can open up myself more to, to being friendly with that person. Or show me what to do. Show me how to do it so I can cross over that. You understand what I'm saying? And 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 that's what it does. The Word of God changes people. That's how it changes us. That's how it changes everybody. You know, that word is going to have to change somebody that's that's going to be a key person in your blessing. It's going to have to put your name on their mind in a good way that they want to bless you. It's going to that word is going to have to transform them to some degree so that they can speak well of you and think well of you so that you can be blessed. So don't ever underestimate the word of God. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll see situations we don't like. People are doing things that are wrong. They're being disobedient to God. Everybody's got at least one of them in the family. If it's not a kid, it's an uncle, it's an aunt, or it's a nephew, or, or somebody is some renegade that ain't doing what they supposed to do according to your rules and regulations. <laughs> Cause you don't know their heart. You just know their behavior. And then one day you, they send you a little, uh, response on Facebook or something. I went to church and I did, and you thought they were still, you've been so negative against them. You said, well, certainly wasn't my attitude that helped get them there. You understand? But you look, we have evidence all the time of the power of the word to change people. Why don't we learn how to join the bandwagon and get on God's bandwagon with them and start speaking promises over them? Speaking, put them on that prayer, the seed of the righteous with your kids and say, oh, that's that's righteous seed in our family. It's not going to return void. Them kids are going to hate sin. They already hate sin and the devil. Take it out of the future. Put it in the now. God, I thank you. They hate sin. They have your covenant. Your covenant is going to be established with my kids and my nieces, my nephews. Amen. From babies and, and all them kids out there. Bruh, man. You know, all of them, they're all going to pookie go get it too. Amen. And just start to, to release God's word. It, if it can pierce asunder, pierce apart soul from spirit, 
It's not only doing that in you because you're reading the word, but it's in doing it in people you send the word out to. Lord, I thank you. This word is going to divide that kid's soul from his spirit, and he's going to start to live out of his spirit. I call his spirit out from being trapped in his his negative mind, in his warped mind, in his cuckoo mind, whatever his mind is. But call that, that person's spirit out from being entrapped in that. And allow that word to pull that, that spirit out of there. And let them manifest fully what God has for them. It's a good thing to do, folks. I mean, this word, the word will come back and say, I couldn't do that. Amen. In order for, for them to fail and for them to go to hell or for them to not make it, that word would have to be a failure. If you're sending it out and you're believing it and you're not believing what you see manifesting now, amen, amen, you're seeing them doing what God wants them to do. you got to see that, folks. You're the one who can help bring that along, and it'll happen. It'll happen. And then and if God gives you things to minister to people, tells you, you know, invite them over at Thanksgiving, amen. You can do anything but serve liquor. That's what he told me. And I know better. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'd be the first one whose credibility flies out the window. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you go places and, and people say, well, I just, I've heard, had sinners to say stuff to me like, well, I just want to do something nice for you. I, I want to send you a, a, a bottle of wine. I said, no, you don't want a drunk preacher around, honey. I talk enough sober. You get me drunk, it's going to be too much. I'll start in Genesis and wind up in maps. You understand what I'm saying? Don't do that to me. I warn you. Amen. I come from a long line of people that didn't mess with the fire water. Amen. You just don't do that. So, well, good. So anyway, God's word will not return. It changes people. You got, if it discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart, that's not just talking about yours. It's talking about where you send that word to to help people. Lord, I thank you that, that my whole bloodline will prosper. They're going to prosper in you. I call them saved. I call them out of sin and out of darkness into your marvelous light. I thank you, Lord. They are in your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord. They will grow and prosper, be in health. Amen. You know, and you got to learn how to discern, you know, sometimes improvements because you might see them saying a cuss word and then saying, I thank God for my job and all that. Hey, bless God. That's the change. That's an improvement. You know, we don't judge they cuss words because they, you know what I'm saying. You just keep it moving. Amen. And thank God and keep believing and keep praying because that's God's way of encouraging you to stay faithful in your prayer. If you let go of that prayer that you're holding them into, who do you think's gonna pray for them? Then you don't need to be able willing, so willing to pass it off to somebody else. It's not hard for you to hold on to all your loved ones, so learn how to you stay faithful. Amen? Cause that word is gonna do what he says it's gonna do. It's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be done. Amen? Once, uh, it's sent somewhere, let me see what is this, Psalm 111. Let me check this out and see what it says. I just want to make sure I cover everything. I 
Oh, okay. That's talking about the word being sure. That's all. So once the word is sent somewhere, it will prosper where you send it, but you must keep believing. You've got to believe that word will come to pass. Now, I'll tell you something sometimes that your soul will do that, that I call it being lazy. Sometimes we'll, we'll confess the word and we feel good. See, this is when you start flipping. You ever flipped over into works before you know it? Were you just confessing the word to get it out your mouth? You got me? No unction behind it. No, you're not involved. Oh, oh, you get up in the morning. Oh, Lord, I thank you. You woke me up. You kept me. Oh, thank you, Lord. You woke me. Ah, thank you, Lord. I'm healed. I'm, I'm, I'm prosperous. I, you know, I'm going to stay away from the extra portion of the day. Okay, I repent yesterday. I didn't do it, but I'm going to do it today for sure. And, yeah, go back to sleep. And so you begin to, that's because your, your carnal man has picked up on the fact that he's inadequate to bring the word to pass. And you pick that up and you kind of try to transfer it and make yourself think it's coming from your spirit. But it's not. Amen. It's better than not confessing it, but it ain't right. You know, we can't go with this. It's better than you can't live like that. You got to do because you're able to do the right thing before God. And so what you need to do is is get yourself fully awake. Number one, start worshiping God. I mean, sincerely, just, just let your spirit now get engaged and begin to thank God and begin to bless him. And, and, and don't let your mind get crowded with, I gotta catch up on my confessing. There's no such thing as that, folks. You got me? You confess that word for you. You confess it to convince you that it's real and you don't want it to slip. And the best way to do that is it's gotta have a force of faith behind it. It's gotta be coming out of your spirit. One word out of your spirit is better than 1500 confessions of the promise coming out of your, your, your carnal soul just to catch up. So yeah, there's no such thing as catching up in God. Amen. It's, this isn't some like a, an exam in school where you had to memorize it overnight and get the answers right now and forget it. This is something to carry with you. This builds your spirit. This builds relationship with God. This keeps you strong in the things of God. So, so you want You want that word to be genuine. You want it to be full of faith. You want it to be, well, you know, I just said the word a couple of times and and I was cool with God. I had peace about it throughout the day. Didn't bother me that it hadn't happened yet. But very often what we do is we take the confession, sit it over here, and the expectation is not with it. See, you confessing. Because you didn't confess much yesterday. you got to catch up. I'm catching up on my confession. But you're just dead confessing because your expectation's over here. You got me? So you got to bring it all together. Father, I thank you. This this word is real. I am healed. It will come to pass. Thank you, Lord, that you're working on this right now. I'm healed now, Lord. And I expect the rest of it to come to pass. I expect the rest of it to manifest. I expected the rest of it to manifest today. 
And if at the end of the day you didn't see it, then tomorrow get up and say the same thing. I expect it to manifest today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And start to convince yourself that that word is active. Start to convince yourself that word is alive. And you do it by allowing your spirit to begin to speak these things. Let your spirit man always be engaged. Don't let him be off to the side and then self-condemnation come in there and tell you, you got to catch up on your, I didn't catch up on my Bible reading. I got to catch up on my, I got to catch up on, well, what you catching up to? Amen. You're doing this to build. You missed the whole point. That's like a bodybuilder going in there and doing all them. I got to catch up on my reps. I got to cover. Well, you're, <laughs> huh? You're not getting very much. You know, you got to, do the, do the reps on the right machine to get the right results. You gotta have it focused. Amen. And, and that's what we need to do with our, our confession and our prayer and our faith. Let it be focused. Take time to, to honor God. I can tell you, if you, it's, if you'll take time to just worship God, I thank you. I bless you. I thank you for your prayer. I worship you. And let the presence of God begin to come in and help you. You know, you'll find out you you don't need to be confessing it so fast and so much. Because he knows you can't keep that up anyway. Amen. But you can spend time with him. Meditate. Thank you. Think these things over. See yourself doing these things. Start seeing yourself. That'll get you somewhere. You know, because that's how you be, begin to see yourself the way God sees you. He sees you healed. He sees you well. He sees you doing all the things that heal people do. So start joining him in that. That's the picture he has of you. And allow your, you ever notice yourself sometimes, if you're not careful, you'll start to develop that vision that God has for you and you'll put it out. You'll just kind of say no to it. You may not say no verbally, but your mind will clamp down on it and you switch over into something else. Because you don't want to, I don't want to get too excited about this. Why not? It's going to happen. If you believe it's going to come to pass, you can get excited as you want to get about it. It's kind of interesting. Um, Harriet Tubman, um, when they finally told her about the Emancipation Proclamation, and they told her, did you hear all the slaves are freed? All the slaves are freed. And people, she said, mm-hmm. And she, people wonder, why well, aren't you excited? She said, baby, I was excited about that 10 years ago when I prayed it. I saw it happen already. I've been excited about that all along. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, that's what your spirit will do for you. Your spirit will see yourself there. Your spirit will put you there. In the, it, it trains your mind to start accepting it. That's why many times God can't bless us without us having the kind of faith that it will take to sustain what he is, what he's putting in, because we'll reject it. If you don't have something, a picture built inside you already, or the faith built in you for it, you won't know that it's coming from God. And there have been many things that people God wants to put in their life, they reject them. Because they're not really, really prepped to receive it by their faith. You gotta let faith grow. You gotta let it build. You gotta let it build a picture, a scenario, a proper picture of you doing those things. How many of you have seen yourself doing something you say, well that's not right. That's because I'm here. This is the way I am right now. 
You ever re- correct your see that vision was coming from God. See, it won't help. It won't hurt you to see yourself doing the thing that you want to do. It's called making plans. Amen. And it, it's called seeing in the spirit. It's called connecting with God in his realm. We are to dream dreams and, and see visions according to the word of God. And so when, when those things start to come, that's the word coming more alive to you. And many times, sometimes you don't need to see anything. Sometimes the peace of God that comes when you think on those things is enough for people. Sometimes you just get a peace about it. Amen. And it, and it'll come into your life. Sometimes God will back you into a corner and you run out of time and it's the only thing available. That's happened. How many people have been like that? I got to have a car. I'm on the bus and I'm out of bus fare. Oh, there's a car. I guess that's mine. You know, that's cool too. That's faith. Amen. That's faith. You know, that's faith for a nervous mind, I guess you could say. Oh, that picture, I saw that once and I just shifted it out of my mind. I pushed it out. Amen. I didn't think that was for me. Amen. Why not? It was too wonderful. God wants us to have wonderful folks. That's why he put that by that. He's full of wonder for that reason. Because he wants us to have the things that are wonderful. Amen. It's, it's not hard for him. You know, put your faith to the test. Let your faith believe for great things. Things that you couldn't get on your own. Amen. Sometimes the things we can get, it's just not, it's not going to satisfy you. It'll be the same old, you'll be bored again, back in God's face. How come I can't have some? Cause he's trying to give it to us. We keep pushing it away. You need to learn how to let him build, build what he wants inside of us. So that when we step out in faith, it's all put together. It's a, there's nothing missing, nothing broken. All the parts are there. They're all working. Amen. And and that's what he wants to do for us. So when we put our faith in God's word, we pick up his faith. So it's not your faith anymore. It's have faith in God. So his faith gets transferred over into your heart. That's why you can see yourself accomplishing these things ahead of time. That's why you can believe for the impossible. You know, God can take you from, from being a mediocre student to somebody who excels and can skip grades. He doesn't care. Just whatever it is your heart desires. Put your faith to the test. Let your faith get involved in it instead of just wishing and being frustrated. Why don't you start finding it in the word and begin to pray? Amen. So we need to know also that God's faith is already on his word. That's why it can give faith. That's why, see, with his faith being on his word, when you read the word, it comes alive to you. Amen. Long before you mix it with your faith. Got me? You ever read a scripture and you keep looking at everything? Every time I go to the Bible, this thing speaks to me. That's his faith doing that, trying to flag you down. Hey! Look at this. Do more than just wonder why you feel this way every time you read. There's a reason. Amen. God's not just doing this to ring your bell and leave you confused. He's trying to get your attention to show you something. So his faith is on that word and it becomes alive to you 
to let you know he wants you to receive that. He wants you to have that. Amen. I, I couldn't, I couldn't carry a tune. Not very long. Now there have been times I would fake it. Sometimes I remember one time we were coming back from a, a meeting or something. Pastor Shirley and I, we used to sing together when we were kids. And I remember we had some stuff playing on the recorder. We had a seven hour drive and we just started singing and Dina thought we could sing. She said, Help. Shirley and Barb, they're doing that two part harmony. Come on, jump in, Dina. You feel froggy hot? Jump on in, girl. And she's got an excellent voice. Yeah. So anyway, we, we fooled Dina. But, but I knew I couldn't carry a tune. I can fake it a little bit, you know, whatever, whatever. And, uh, but I kept seeing when, when Samuel would tell, tell the people, bring me a musician to help me prophesy. And I said, God, am I supposed to be doing that? And, and when we would have our conferences and I would have, you know, whoever led worship, if they were prophetic at all and could find that prophetic flow of the spirit, then I would begin to get songs. And I would always go tell them, I say, come here, I got a song for you. See if you can pick this up. And I'd go whisper it in their ear. And if they could hear, and you know how sometimes people artists, <laughs> really, I already had something planned and this wasn't it. I mean, you know how people are. They, they don't dig that stuff. I tried it with too many of them and they don't like it. Most of them. Some of them can do it. You find somebody like Brenda Zedlitz, she was a prophetess. So she could find it. She just got, oh, we just go on off with it. If it worked, it worked. If it didn't, hey, we catch it better next time. You know, that they were like that. And so, so I began to see that in the word. I said, God, I, but I can't sing, God. I can't sing. And he let me know. And it was working for a while with me passing the songs on to other people. Pretty soon I was there by myself. There's nobody to pass it on to. So I had to do the best I could. But if that gift is what you've been given, and I would tell God, I said, God, do I give me some singing lessons? Who can give me singing? Who can help my voice? He never responded. Never responded. In other words, you just trust me. Just get it out your mouth. I'll fill your mouth with words. They're not coming to hear you sing. No way. They can't come in to hear the word. You got me? And it began to work for us. Amen. People could focus in on the message and not how many notes I could or, you know, that we used to, it was somebody we used to call him Luther Vandross. Who was it? It was somebody that sang, a Christian that sang and they would, you know, like, remember that. Who was that? Am I, for, am I wrong, Pastor Shirley? Can't figure out who it was. It, oh, Alvin, Alvin Slaughter, he would do that. I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> he did that. Uh, you know, I, uh, y'all ain't coming for that. Amen. I mean, you, you coming to hear me preach or prophesy, not saying. That's kind of low on the, the totem pole. But that kept coming to me from the word, see. And faith began to grow on that for the word. And then if it, if that faith grows in you or not, you open your mouth and that's going to come out. See, what you have faith in is going to come out. And I say that to encourage you to stay with that word, even if it seems impossible to you. 
that God wants to do that in your life. If it seems like it's never going to happen to you, you that word, if it comes alive to you, you need to ask God, God, if this is for me, let me accept that. Let me mix my faith with that. Let me start growing in it. Let me start working that. Let me start accepting that because that's part of your responsibility now with the word. And see, we have responsibility to carry this word out through its natural conclusion. You can't quit. You're not allowed to quit on the word because the word is too powerful. You don't get up and just say, well, I thought God was going to get me a husband. He's still going to get you one if you get your mouth right. In more ways than one. Put some lipstick on. Put a little bit of lipstick on. You don't put a you don't have to paint up the town, but you know, let's get a little bit on there. Start acting like you expecting company. Amen. You know, go buy extra steak just in case. Men are not vegetarians usually. They usually eat meat. Amen. Everyone that I've ever had anything to deal with. <laughs> Meet or get them. They say, you know, I used to think I was a vegetarian. Yeah, now you know different, don't you? <laughs> it's happened before. I'm not making that up, but it has happened before. But anyway, why don't we quit? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It won't return void. Thank you, Lord, that we are faithful custodians of your holy word. Because your word won't quit on us, we won't quit on it. We love you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, Father, for blessing us continually. Everywhere we look, blessings. They come from here. They come from there. They come from everywhere, Lord, according to your promise to us. We will stay ever alert for nothing but blessings. Thank you, Lord. You know what the Lord is saying? You're still running it, honey? Okay, the Lord is saying this. Get rid of your negativity. That's not a word God uses a lot through me because I usually try to stay with Scripture. But some words are from the dark side and they are negative words tend to take away from your life. Not because they're just negative sounding, but they detract from your life. They subtract from your life. Get rid of words that subtract from your life. Get rid of fears that cause those words to come up on the inside of you. Meditate on my goodness. I will bring my word to pass without fail if it's believed. Your job is to believe me. Your job is not to make it happen. Your job is just to believe that it will happen. But get rid of words that dig a hole for you to fall into. Get rid of words that that go underneath. Start to speak and think words that build that will put you on the mountaintop that will put you in a high place that's where you belong says the lord because i've already given you everything the choice is yours choose life so that you and everything under your word and under your purview can live that you will speak life into situations you'll speak life into family members you'll speak life into areas and neighborhoods i want you to speak life all the time says the spirit of god that's what i put you here for be faithful with my word speak life and life will come speak faith faith will come be faithful to speak 
what I've given you to speak, says the Spirit of the living God. Amen? Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God.